0: This is Fusion Music Radio's Birds of a Feather I am Christina Baldwin of Ascent
1: And uh, pardon me folks Uh, I outed myself as an amateurish oaf last time By missing an obvious prompt like that To introduce myself and, you know, I didn't fail to do so because I think I'm such a legend and I need no introduction. No, it's simply because I'm a clod. So let me rectify that by saying I am Professor P. Soup, and we here at Birds of a Feather <laughs> <laughs> make you this pledge, only the best from our nest. And because according to legal scholar Robert Van Winkle, anything less than the best is a felony. Uh, now, mm. okay, you might know him by his stage name, Vanilla Ice, but to me, he'll always be a legendary doctor of jurisprudence, so only the best from our nest, and Mr. Van Winkle didn't come up with that, I did, but okay. So, stay tuned if you want to hear the <laughs> he will
0: take credit, be careful.
1: Yeah, there you go. We don't want him to take that like he did the riff from Under Pressure, now do we?
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> My right. point exactly. Be exactly. careful.
1: Yeah, exactly. I remember Brian May said, Oh, I thought that was really cute until, uh, until he started selling millions of copies. And I was like, Okay, well, anyway. But uh, <laughs> So if you want to hear, if you want to hear the best indie music, stay tuned. If you want to hear just some horse shit, then go turn on the radio someplace.
0: Correct. And we'll be talking more later about how much horse shit there is. <laughs> so we'll kind of get that out and we'll get that in the open and we'll let you know what horse shit there is and you can avoid it by listening to this show every couple weeks. Right on. <laughs> so what I'm going to do um, is I'm going to talk about something that is kind of troubling. There are some very interesting musical trends that are happening right now that are actually kind of making me sad. So, David, I'm going to talk to you about some of them. Number one, how long do you think songs are these days? What is the average length of a song right now?
1: Well, it isn't. Eight and a half minutes like it was during the glory days. So I'm going to go with
0: 310. Oh, very close. It's three minutes, seven seconds. Wow. So I feel like we're kind of going back to like the 50s. You know, if you think of like some of the songs in the 50s, they're about three minutes long. So our songs are getting shorter. And some of the songs that I like the best from, you know, the 70s are, you know, these these epic <laughs> 10 minute 12 minute sort of you know opuses and now we have three minutes you get in you get out you move on so that's kind of a disturbing trend and one that uh ascent does not subscribe to at all another thing is you know i always had an issue with genres right so you know you put people in a bucket so here's this bucket here's this bucket your rock your goth your whatever it is those are kind of disappearing and they're making way for combinations of genres. So you'll hear things like alternative rock or Pop rock or goth rock or whatever it is there's even death rock there's grunge rock so now there's not a clear defined genre there's just these kind of muddled throw them all together they must all make sense in one big pile so that's kind of tough although I want to say that you know I think every artist wants to define genres wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, and I think I salute and and cheer and champion eclecticism all the time. But you see, in our day, they would do a ballad, they would do a rocker, they would do. Sometimes they would have a song that was uh, that started out as a uh, sentimental ballad or something touching, and end up with some barn burning arena rock like "Stairway to Heaven," "Bohemian Rhapsody," Mm -hmm. stuff like that. But uh, these days, it's everything in one song and. You know, you just can't put every kind of ingredient into a blender without coming up with something that tastes like shit. Honestly, and exactly, uh, uh, yeah. And and there's everything is oh 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 oh. I mean, it's okay <laughs> in moderation. I swear, uh, we were out the other night, and every time I went to check the mirror, uh, there was a song playing I could hear in the restroom a lot clearer. And they all had that oh 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 oh, business. <laughs> and it's just like there's just seriously, it's a lack of imagination anymore. And it isn't that it's in the world because we in the indie music scene know how much, and we're going to hear some tonight. Incredible music there is, it's just none of it seems to find its way to the programmers, and I don't understand that because people will buy whatever you put out there, whether it's good or whether it's bad, so why not put out the good stuff?
0: I agree, absolutely, 100%, but you know, that's just not what's happening. Hopefully that will change, and hopefully more of these indie-focused shows are going to kind of bring that out into the open, and we'll get more variety in the world, but right now, I have to tell you about another weird trend. And I think everyone kind of saw this one coming. I know that I saw this coming. The 80s are back. And the 80s are back in a weird way. It's kind of sonically, really, not only that, but then also aesthetically. We're talking about synthesizers, right? I mean, think of all the the Moog stuff of the 70s, right? And then it kind of came into, you know, if you think of like a flock of seagulls and all of those kinds of things, you're hearing nothing but these crazy synths and keyboards. And those are actually making a really big comeback right now. Now, love or hate them, it is what... But it is I have actually never and I'm going to be honest never been a big fan of all of the keyboard stuff with the exception of yes let me just I just have to put that out there
1: damn good thing you did kid okay yeah go ahead
0: <laughs> and I love synthesizers obviously as somebody who uh whose musical I guess really awakening happened a lot in the 80s I really do love synthesizers and of course. I love 70s rock, so of course I love synthesizers. However, I'm not really sure I like them in current music, but I'm not sure I like a lot of current music, so (laughs) I guess that's the problem. However, that is a, a trend. Love it or hate it, hopefully some of you love it. And of course, this is not new physical sales are down, technology's changing every day, so as a do-it-yourself musician, and I know you're familiar with this, David, we are having to really figure out how to make our home studios better, we're having to buy newer, better, bigger software, uh, software packages, we're really having to kind of grow what we have in our arsenal at home, or you're having to go out to an actual studio. Now, I record at home. Do you do the same, David?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And and it, it's painfully obvious most of the time, too. But a lot of <laughs> a lot of the best indie artists have make a really stellar sound in their own home studios because, I mean, you know, equipment is equipment. Uh, it's uh, And I have a pr- equipment that could probably be used to make some decent recordings if I had any uh, production skills. But I hit and miss, and sometimes I'll stumble across something that doesn't sound too embarrassing. But yeah, most most of the time you can't tell. And that's why when I have, I have interviewed people, I like to ask them, you know, did you record this in a studio or did you do this at home? A lot of times it simply doesn't show, and it does not show with a scent. And uh, if I can and throw something else in there about Ascent that you said a minute ago about the length of songs. That um, One thing I love about Ascent is we, when Michael Jackson was talking about uh, Billy Jean, they were recommending he cut the intro, which is an instrumental lead-in, and he said, no, no, no. He said, that's the jelly. And that's what I love about, you know, the song goes with this groovy intro before his vocal starts, and what I love about Ascent is that Bruce Baldwin will go on these... Um, uh, adventures musically, and he doesn't cut them so he doesn't sell them so short. It's like, you know what? It's going to be five minutes long. I'm going to jam for a minute and a half or two minutes at the end. That's just the way it is. And of course, having grown up with Tony Iommi and people like that, Black Sabbath, uh, we love that. So, no two minutes, uh, nothing against short songs. Sometimes short songs are brilliant. Queen does them, Zeppelin did them, everybody does them. But uh, let it bleed, let it play out, let it run, uh, let it fly. And that's what Ascent does. So, uh, good for Bruce in doing that and all of you. And, uh, So what was I going to say anyway about longer songs and the trends and keyboards and I completely lost the plot but that's me isn't it so go ahead. (laughs)
0: <laughs> no problem Well thank you very much for, for uh, Saying all of that I think it, you know sometimes it comes off as a bit indulgent But you know what if nothing else I'm going to indulge myself as a fucking musician An indie musician at that If you don't like it you can stop it If you like it let it play out to the bitter end Because it just gets better If you have that nice intro and you have that nice Exit or outro if you will It's perfect I swear we love it And uh, while, uh, while a little Indulgent still impactful finally the last thing is this is going to be a shock people are listening to podcasts and not the radio well no (laughs) my assertion is because shit on the radio sucks and what is being shared on podcasts is far more interesting sometimes targeted and in this case indie focused and i think there are a lot of people looking for new music that you're not going to find on mainstream radio so those are some amazing, interesting, and disturbing trends that are happening right now that I came upon and thought I must share with the audience because I didn't know how to feel about some of them, and some of them just kind of shook my foundation, but they are what they are, and we're going to move forward.
1: And my advice as an indie musician who's never sold a single record is this, and I'm so that's definitely someone you want to listen to. Don't. Break the bank. Don't you know? Quit your day job and sell your house and everything to make that perfect album. Because the odds are, unfortunately, fairly slim that it's going to sell and you're going to recoup your losses. Make the best stuff you can in your own home studio. Uh, learn more about that than I ever did, and uh, produce the best product you can. Uh, and don't worry about big labels and stuff like that, they're only going to turn around and tell you what you can and cannot do anyway, so there's relish the freedom of being an indie artist who can do whatever, who can write your own ticket make the best product you can and just don't, basically don't put all your eggs in one basket Uh, And I'm not saying you shouldn't chase the dream or anything like that, but be rational about it. Because, you know, people don't sell a lot of records today, but we'd rather have quality music out there. And we will do our utmost to promote you on shows like this and Butterflies and Hurricanes to find your fans and maybe you'll never make a bundle but you will get the love and you'll make that connection that you'll be uh, validated and appreciated as an artist and that's really the big payoff 95% of the time. A little money would be nice but uh, you know uh, get the good out of it that you can. You have a gift, do it, use it because you can and we will uh, do our very best to find listeners for
0: you. Absolutely. And that is exactly why we do this. So thank you for stating that. So yes, do what you can. Do it as well as you can, but don't break the bank. Don't do it because you're not going to recoup those losses. Speaking of loss, our theme this week was Morning Doves, Love Gone Wrong. Oh, so sad. So we uh, actually had quite a few entries. So it was really, really tough to narrow down our top 10, but we did it. And, And, you know, we will do that. We will take one for the team. We will put ourselves out there. We will cause ourselves heartbreak to find you the best in indie music. And at the end of the show, so stick around, we are going to announce the next theme. And we will be accepting submissions.
1: Alright, at the end we will indeed uh, give you the theme for next time And you can rack your little brains as we will Trying to come up with appropriate tunes And uh, they don't even have to have lyrics necessarily Occasionally an instrumental Maybe we'll even have one tonight, who knows But uh, we'll convey a certain uh, mood or attitude But uh, we will have a definite theme We'll tell you about that later on Meantime, here's our number 10 song By a band Christina drummed up called The Quarantine And don't be afraid, because you're not going to catch anything just from listening to them, I don't think. But uh, this is a band from Irvine, California. Yes, local, Southern California, indie rock scene. uh, Something Christina knows a lot about. And uh, it's a punk, grunge, metal type of combo here. And their social media pages, uh, their website is thequarantined.com. Thequarantined.com. So uh, nothing tricky there. Uh, Just just exactly what the band name is. And this is a track about loss and such things as like that, uh, I seem to vaguely recall, called Where Did You Go?
2: Take my heart from me With no
0: And now for Birds of a Local Feather.
1: Yes, and this involves a local band, or kind of a local band, called Britney's Rage. Tony Muel, a guitarist uh, from Southern California, but Britney Rochelle, the fantastic vocalist, is from El Paso, Texas. So they just kind of bumped into each other one day, right in the middle of the country someplace, and said, Hey, actually it was Britney's mom who introduced them, and uh, they got together and made some stellar music. And uh, we talked last time about how I happened across them and that we were going out to see them. Well, we did. Since the last show, Christina and I did go out to check out Britney's Rage at the Whiskey Agogo, and they were just completely on fire. It was great to see them do more of their originals than they do in their residency at the Rainbow Bar and Grill, but you can still catch them at least once a month over there. So look that up, Britney's Rage, uh, on Facebook and keep up with the local uh, shows that they're doing. But they were absolutely excellent. And we also got to see, for the first time... The new Laser Light Show at the Whiskey at Gogo. This venue has been around here forever and ever, but uh, and we were just there a couple weeks ago, and this is obviously a brand new feature, so much so that I thought it belonged to Britney's Rage, and I thought, wow, Tony and Britney really going all out with that. Uh. <laughs> but every other band was using it too, so apparently it's a new feature at the Whiskey, and it's totally badass, man. So, uh, yeah, great show from Britney's Rage. And it so happens that they have a song which landed on the Morning Doves Love Gone Wrong themed program tonight. So we'll be hearing that later on. But um, we talked about how we bumped into them at the Rainbow recently and ended up going to the show. This week, and uh, any chance you get to get out to the Rainbow or see them place at the Whiskey, anywhere there in Hollywood, please do so. Oh, and they work locally, uh, doing audio and visual at various venues there on the Strip. And as it turns out, a night or two after that, Tony was working sound at the Whiskey, and there was Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp with Steve Morse of Dixie Dregs and Deep Purple, and Ian freaking Pace of Deep Purple, one of the greatest drummers of all time, so uh, a lot of cool stuff happening out there, and uh, Tony's got it. Tony and Brittany got their finger right on it. So you had a good night that night, didn't you, Christina?
0: It was incredible. I will tell you, I was absolutely blown away by their performance. Uh, Tony is just the ultimate rock star up there, just just playing his acts and showing off for the crowd, and the crowd was eating it up people were going absolutely crazy taking photos. He had his hair down. See, when I met him, his hair was not down. So I got to see his hair down. He was doing his thing. And then, of course, Brittany, she's just brilliant. She worked the stage. Her voice is just beautiful. And she did this really great thing, which I love so much. She she was very serious. And then all of a sudden, she would just flash this smile and it just floored everybody and kind of brought it back to, you know, you could see the human side of her in there, because she's just this rock star up there, and then she flashes that smile, and you're like... I love this lady She's awesome So I really was Blown away by their sound I was blown away By the quality of their music I was excited that They were doing A lot of originals And since then I've been listening To them nonstop. So it is It was really An incredible night Thank you so much For having us Brittany and Tony Um, I cannot say enough About it David So thank you for Introducing me To such an amazing band
1: Well I'm glad We tripped across them Over at the Rainbow And having met Brittany And Tony under Those circumstances You can see how You know quiet and, and, you know, nice and when you're on stage, you gotta be a rock star, and she totally tears it up but she does have that, she flashes that megawatt smile and it's like, oh, that's just Britney, but then she's like this rock goddess the rest of the time, and Tony was just on fire, I mean, he was just a a whirling dervish of rock and roll up there, and um, having seen them in the pit up at the Rainbow, it is so much better to give them a little more stage room, and something about the sound and the lighting and everything, the room on stage it's not huge, but it's better than the pit. Uh, they were just unleashed, and it was uh, explosive show. Was, that was my third time seeing them, and much, much more explosive than any time before. So, great night, great show. You guys killed it. And we'll be hearing from them later on in tonight's program.
0: Mm, we sure will, with a killer track. So good, and so love gone wrong.
1: Yeah, and they played it that night, too,
0: so... They did. It was amazing. So great. So that brings us to song number nine. And this is by a band called Pensacola from Leeds, UK. So we are not only birds of a local feather, we're birds of an international feather. This song is called Not Enough. They are an alt-rock band. And I will tell you, this song is so great. It builds tension before offering a much needed release. And then it kicks in with this really heavy bass. And I love male vocals. And this male vocal is really, really nice. I really love it. It's very balanced and it's very beautiful. And they moved me and they left me really wanting more. And then the chorus takes it To the next fucking level It is so good So we're going to play Not Enough for you And you can find Pensacola at Pensacola.bandcamp.com Now for song number eight by a band called Shine Bright. This song is called Heartbreak. This is a female-fronted prog rock band, and I may be a bit partial to it. Not sure why, though. I mean, I don't know any female-fronted prog rock bands. Do you, David? Do you know any that fit that bill? I don't
1: think so. In a way, way I would say that... uh, dark beauty is sort of prog they're prog and theatrical uh female fronted vocally speaking that's another uh, couple band too uh prog uh dark beauty out of new jersey so they're kind of they kind of fit that bill too but it's more of a theatrical cinematic sort of a thing but it's proggy enough but not in the usual like yes and emerson lake and palmer sense so not, it's not common not at all as you're saying not at all
0: It isn't, but it's also an element of a sense music We are definitely very proggy We are very um, into We do a lot of songs in 5 We do songs in 7 We do songs in 11 We do songs in 13 So it's really, really fun So I think that I probably am a bit partial to it Not only because it's what we do But again, because of bands like Dark Beauty And I hear pop influence Which opens this band up to other audiences And it's a brilliant move Her voice is bright It cuts through and solidifies the killer melody in the song Heartbreak. They are from Orville, Ohio, and you can find them at shinebrightmusic.com.
1: Right, that was Shine Bright with Heartbreak, and, and I, I noticed something Christina said uh, in the introduction to that song. She said it was sort of a pop feel, pop influence. Pop is not a dirty word. Don't let anybody ever tell you that. People say, oh, pop, I, I don't like it, it's pop. Pop is awesome when it's done right, and if you think of a lot of the, the favorite groups, favorite bands of all time, the stuff they do was at least occasionally Pure, unadulterated pop. So there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing. It's done great. Some of my favorite artists today, they pretty much define themselves as pop, but they're good at it. And not like pop, like mainstream pop, but uh, a lot of the indie stuff. So yeah, nothing wrong with pop. Don't even. There's not a dirty word, not in this house anyway. So.
0: Why does pop have a dirty name? I don't understand. Why is it taboo? Why is it a bad thing to be pop? I was brought up and raised on pop, and actually it's really what kind of shaped and defined me as a musician. And it's also something I bring into Ascent, which I think is that accessibility piece and that memorable piece. And so I think pop is brilliant, and I think... It should be infused in a lot, if not all, music. There's some pop sensibility in most of the music I like, too, David. So I totally get what you're saying. And it is not a dirty word in this house, either. At least not as far as I'm concerned.
1: <laughs> no, it, it shouldn't be. And though those certain trolls like to dismiss the Beatles as a pop group and not a rock band, that's absolutely Ooh. imbecilic. But there's certainly oh. a strong pop sensibility that makes a lot of their songs absolutely unforgettable, and even take the Rolling Stones. I've heard people bashing on Hanson, who's an absolutely fantastic three-brother band of three real musicians who play and write their own songs, and uh, like their first single, "Mm mm-pop, oh, uh, pop, oh, oh, yeah, uh, but the Rolling Stones, let's spend the night together. What is that if not pop? Besides the fact that it's about casual sex, it's a straight-up pop song, and it's a classic too, so pop is not bad, don't let anyone tell you that. Now, here's something that's really noteworthy, concerts to crow about. One thing about being a little bit older, Christina, you can sort of relate because you maybe got a year or two on some of our uh, associates, but I've got uh, at least a decade on most, is bands that we've seen live. Great, uh, memorable uh, live performances, and they might be indie or they might be mainstream, but uh, who did you decide on this time?
0: Well, one of the bands that we both love and have both seen live is... Yes. So we'll be talking a little bit about our experiences with the incredible, unforgettable, yes.
1: They are incredible and unforgettable. And I saw them actually back in 1978. Uh, That was the only time I'd ever seen them during the heyday, the glorious heyday when I was going to... All these iconic concerts, never-to-be-forgotten concerts, and this was one of the first dozen or so, 1978, on the "Tornado Tornado." I don't know how the hell you pronounce it, tour for the album "Tornado Tornado." I don't know either. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it's got a tomato on the front, so you think it might be tornado, and it sort of sounds like tornado, so maybe that's what they were going for. But honestly, I've heard it pronounced both ways. And, of course, if you're British, I don't know if they say tornado uh, for a storm. I don't know if that's uh, how they do that, but they're British and they can be excused for saying really cool shit that we would never dream of saying, like Zebra I, and uh, Renaissance. I love the British, and I have many, many pretentious affectations that I use of theirs, like spelling and saying things like, you lot, and whatnot. <laughs> so, I, lo- <laughs> I love the British. And this British band is absolutely legendary. I saw them on the tornado Tour in the round at Madison Square Garden with the classic lineup of Anderson, Wakeman, Bruford, Howe, and White, tell us about your shows.
0: Oh, my gosh. So, you know, I was introduced to Yes late, um, you know, because I'm not quite as old as others, but not young. So anyway, um, I actually, the first time I ever saw them live was on the, the first time I ever saw them live was the Ladder Tour and instead of Wakeman we had Igor on keyboards and vocals and it was an incredible show and actually we saw it at the Sun Theater here in California Which means We drove from Arizona Which is where we lived Here to see the show And it was A dinner show So we had got to eat While we watched it And I remember thinking This is the strangest thing Because this is this Legendary rock band Who I have now Come to love And appreciate And I'm eating steak While listening It was very weird But still very cool And I didn't have to worry About being hungry During the show So it was really nice But it was the most Amazing show I was absolutely floored Because they sounded Better live Than they do Even on their album So that was my first uh, foray into the uh, live Yes Shows, followed by Let me me
1: interrupt here and ask, who was the lineup on that? Well, by the way, I screwed up my lineup. I said Anderson, Wakeman, Bruford, and Howe because that was a group. What I meant to say was Anderson, Wakeman, Wakeman, Howe, Squire, and White. Good Lord, I actually left Chris Squire out of there. Anderson, Wakeman, Howe, Squire, and White. Not Bruford, he was not there. It was Alan White. Legendary drummer, Alan White. Hmm. Sorry, but who was the lineup on the latter tour?
0: The latter tour was Anderson, Howe, Sherwood. I can't say Igor's last name, I'm sorry. Squire and White. So it was quite the lineup. We had Sherwood too. We had Billy Sherwood on guitar and vocals. It was crazy amazing.
1: Wow, you'd have to be to fill in for Steve Howe. I never, I never, I didn't know they ever did a show without Howe.
0: I don't know why they did that show without him. I thought it was a strange choice, and I remember being very disappointed at the time because, you know, obviously if you're a Yes fan, you're a Steve Howe fan, and so we were looking forward to hearing, uh, we were looking forward to seeing Steve, and obviously hearing his brilliance. But I will say, Billy Sherwood certainly did not disappoint.
1: Oh no, they wouldn't have anybody who was like I on the Yes Symphonic Live DVD. Uh, Wakeman is not there, Moraz is not there, none of the usual Yes keyboardists are there. There's a guy named Tom Brislin who is absolutely brilliant. And uh, energetic, and uh, they have the orchestra, and it's just something that is not to be missed. So, uh, if you're a real hardcore Yes fan, they do uh, Gates of Delirium, they do uh, uh, sol- they do an entire side of Tales from Topographic Oceans. Don't miss it. But so, did you ever see uh, any um. other lineup? Who are the other lineups?
0: Well, the Masterworks tour uh, that we saw at, in Arizona, I actually cannot remember the lineup and I could not find it online, but some of the the songs that they played, they did play close to the edge. Starship Trooper, Heart of the Sunrise, Ritual, I've seen All Good People, Roundabout, I mean, all of the big ones. And sometimes you don't really get all of those songs. You get some, but boy, did we ever get treated to every, if you will, uh, I guess, cult following hit that we could have possibly wanted. Um, I'm sure that's why we called it the Masterworks tour but it was brilliant it was amazing Uh, but I could not find the lineup anywhere I want to say that it was the classic lineup um, with Wakeman and we had how we so I think we had Squire and Anderson as well and Alan White so that is my memory but I did not find anything confirming that so but that was a brilliant tour followed up by the open your eyes 30th anniversary tour and this tour actually if I recall correctly and I was trying to remember this talking to Bruce about it we think that we saw this tour at the house of blue so obviously a very different venue, more of an intimate venue. And I just remember thinking they're right there. They're filling this small place with sound. This is so incredible. I'm sure it was nothing like you seeing them in the round in 1978, but for me, it was as close as I was ever going to get. So it was really an incredible tour. And obviously their 30th. And of course, if I went to their 30th, it wouldn't make any sense not to go to their 35th. Duh. So of course we went to the 35th anniversary show. Duh,
1: come on. Yeah.
0: And, uh, I mean, come on. And that also was a Desert Sky Pavilion Which was a very big Amphitheater That we used to all go to It's still there But it's called You know It's gone through A million sponsors now So I don't know It could be like The T-Mobile arena I don't even know What it is these days But things like Going for the one Sweet dreams I've seen all good people Yours is no disgrace Mind drive Oh I love that song Wondrous stories Long distance run around It was insane So obviously The 35th anniversary You think Oh my gosh That's crazy That's amazing And that was again The classic 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 lineup and then things kind of fell apart David then the next show that I saw was Anderson um, Wakeman and Raven, so ARW, so that was the last one we saw, and it was really the the three of them, and so the classic Yes will never be seen again. Um, obviously, because we lost Chris Squire, but then also because they've just kind of splintered and are doing different things now. But we saw ARW an Evening of Yes music and more, and it was. Everything you could have wanted. It made you miss Yes. It made you want them back on stage performing together, even though it would never happen again. It was an absolutely brilliant way to kind of say goodbye to Yes uh, in that way. Now, I know that they're doing a, a, there's some final tours happening, maybe a final ARW tour. And if that's happening, that is something that I will go to to uh, bid farewell to Yes Live.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking here on Spotify. They have an album recorded at the House of Blues that was, uh, it's called House of Yes, and that was in 2000. Was that when you saw that 30th anniversary thing? That's 30th correct. 30th? Yeah, okay. Yeah, because they have the set list yes. here. Uh, so yeah, it was a great show indeed, uh, great set list here. I'm looking at it on Spotify, so you can check that out anytime you like.
0: Yes, so I will I will say that Yes is one of my absolute favorite bands of all time, and certainly the band that really got me into prog rock, which I came well, you know I came <laughs> which really got me into Prague rock which sadly later in life is when I really discovered it but boy have I ever really taken to it and made it part of my daily life so thank you so much TS and I'm very sad that we are ending the time where they will be performing live but it was just uh, it was a great run and uh, I can't say anything bad I saw them five times so wow.
1: I actually got into Prague very early on when I was in uh grade school, I was like 12 or 13 or something like that, they were introducing us to the classics as they tend to do, uh, probably not these days, Probably now it's probably like Biggie Small's The Early Years or something like that, but <laughs> <laughs> they were introducing us to actual probably. right? And they always figured, go spooky, if you want to get the kids, go spooky, play Night on Bald Mountain, play Dance Macabre or something like that. But uh, I got into, I heard a lot of classical stuff, and uh, Emerson Lake and Palmer were uh doing not only incorporating that into music but also outright covering and and doing adaptations of various uh, classical bits so that was very early for me i got into Prague, but uh, better late than never so good for you to finally uh get out there and uh, hear this good stuff uh, and uh, become a big fan and actually you know incorporate it into your personal musical output so good for you
0: Well, thank you. See, I'm pretty cool even though I'm not old enough to be cool. I will eventually be cool, but this I think earns me some cool points.
1: You do get some cool cred for that, honestly. That uh, that you know, it's kind of a graded on the curve. Youth is uh, you know factored out a little bit in favor of uh, of awesomeness and uh, good taste and so forth. And speaking of good taste, there's a band for whom we both have quite an affection, who you blessed soul have been fortunate enough to share a bill with, including at the world famous Doll Hut, where I first saw them live and where I met you. And this would be the glorious Kittenhead, who I played many times on Butterflies, and we just love them. Finally got out to see him live and bumped into this little act called Ascent in the process and uh, started a wonderful friendship and heard some incredible music and had the pleasure of uh, being introduced to that whole world. Uh, Female-fronted rock, all punk, but the thing about Kittenhead that's so phenomenal that I'm always talking about on Butterflies is that they're grungy and punky but they're kind of metal, and they're really progressive too, in, in a theatrical sort of Alice Cooper way. I mean, you listen to this music, and it's just like this does not sound like it would be coming from a bunch of really punky-looking chicks. And uh, O face on the drums, the only guy in the group, but they're incredible. They are. It is not for nothing that I call them glorious. Their musical output ranges from purely whimsical witty songs about like lesbian relationships in the Peanuts Gang and uh, uh, emotional, wrenching uh, painful stuff and social issues and straight up punk attitude and I just love this group more than I could ever say and you've picked a nice one for us tonight or they picked it, didn't they? The song we're playing tonight. Yes. Okay, so Kittenhead, because she's like buddy buddies with them and in the know and uh, thick as thieves with this uh, wonderful band, picked the song that we're going to hear tonight, and you can find them at kittenheadla.com and various uh, Reverb Nation and SoundCloud and all these other places and hear a lot of stuff and get their records at iTunes and so forth. Love this group, and you're going to love them too if you're so unfortunate as to have not encountered them yet. And this is Kittenhead with a song called Anyway... That was Kittenhead. I'm not going to say The Glorious every time, or you're going to think that's part of their name. (laughs) I have a bad tendency, because I'm such a hack and such a complete slob as it comes to radio, I have a bad tendency to attach things to to, uh, names of bands and people so much that it almost sounds like it's part of them. It is not The Glorious Kittenhead. It's just Kittenhead, and that's one word, kittenheadla.com. And you can find them on all these uh, platforms that I saw. And they tie into something I wanted to ask the listeners this time. Uh, here's the listener input part. Do tell us if you have any stories about song lyrics that have a date that is significant to you personally. Now, I am not talking about remembering where you were when some assassination took place or a moon landing or 9-11 or any shit like that. I'm talking about some randomly mentioned date of in a song that has a particular importance to you. And there's one involving this show, which obviously would not exist if I had not met Christina. And what date did I meet you?
0: September 21st.
1: September 21st. Now, that would be a completely unremarkable date, except for a song that we've known all our lives, or most of my life and pretty much all of yours, uh, has a reference to that, and we did not remember it, Except for, not long ago, you attended a live show and it came up. Tell us about that.
0: So yes, it was a couple weeks later and there I am at a live Motown review and I'm listening to all of these great songs. And then September comes on by Earth, Wind & Fire. And I love this song. I started singing along and it occurred to me that the lyrics are, Do you remember the 21st day of September? And I immediately, (laughs) I think I actually recorded it and sent it to you. And it was remarkable because it was the date that I met you. And it only occurred to me at that moment and only because I was singing it out loud. So that was pretty, pretty big moment. And so now it's become this kind of thing with us where we're like, hey, that's that song that mentions the date that we met. And what are the odds and what? I mean, in what universe does that happen where the exact date you met somebody and began a very amazing friendship and now a radio partnership that is forever in song?
1: Right, and it's a random date. There's nothing that I can think of that uh, took place in history on September 21st that's wor- worth noting, except for We Met and the song mentions it. And then, this is incredible. About a week and a half ago, I was listening to 1972 classic album by the Bee Gees called To Whom It May Concern on Spotify. And if you listen to Spotify, you notice that when your record is over, they play the next thing. Uh, something suggested, something recommended based on what they perceive your taste to be. And the very next song that came up... On after the Bee Gees album was done was Earth, Wind & Fire, September. And it was like, what? I actually took a screen grab of it and sent it to you. It was like, I can't believe this. Because there it was again. Of all the songs in pop history that they could have followed up the Bee Gees with, they picked that one. So we want to know if that has happened to you or if there is a date mentioned in a song like, oh, you know, it was the 3rd of September that they'll always remember. Or some, song that's me- some date that's mentioned in a song that just happens to have some big meaning to you. Uh, Send that in to us and maybe we'll read it on the air Or maybe we'll just enjoy hearing about it But uh, we would like to know So do that's a little chance for some listener input From you guys
0: Okay, so now we're going to go to a feature That we affectionately call Hawkward Lyrics Get it? See where I'm going with that? David, does that resonate with you? Hawkward? Uh,
1: Is that a bird tie-in? Oh my, that just went right over my head Holy cow
0: Oh my, holy crap, holy shit So yeah Um, (laughs) So this hawkward lyric So this time, as a tie-in To what we talked about with Concerts to Crow about We are actually featuring the completely and totally Random, strange, and confusing lyrics of Yes Because why not? I can't think of any other songwriter Or lyricist, rather That makes absolutely no sense like john anderson so i'm looking at siberian Catrue. that is the song that i have selected this week and david i think i had your full support on this because it is so damn strange so what i'm going to do is read just some of the lyrics feel free to jump in david talk about it if you want they're just so ass backwards i don't understand i don't know what the song is about however i did find john anderson's description of what the song is about and i will share that after we talk about these awkward lyrics So, the song goes, Sing Bird of Prey, Beauty begins at the foot of you. Do you believe the manner? Gold stainless nail, Torn through the distance of man As they regard the summit, well, sure, of course. I mean, Why wouldn't I, you say all of what those What kind things? of
1: asshole would not regard the summit? I mean, you know... And, I mean.
0: and <laughs> <laughs> Of course, I always regard the summit, and I love the gold stainless nail as well. It's beautiful. I love it. I, You know, it's something I subscribe to. Then, even Siberia goes through the motions hold out and hold up, hold down the window, outbound river, hold out the morning that comes into view, blue tail, tail fly river running right on over my head what in the ever-loving fuck is he talking about
1: and What's I, happening? And, and you apparently looked it up. I did not know. I just assumed it was about a bird uh, that is native to that part of uh, the former Soviet Union. In fact, uh, that's where my friend Tilly Riddle is from. And I've never asked her about hmm. the famous Katru, But uh, that was I'm looking at the set list from my tornado show. That was what they opened with. But tell us, what does Mr. Anderson say about these incomprehensible lyrics?
0: So he says... <clears throat> let's see. So... He says this song is about unity across cultures. He says that uh, there are different accounts now of what katru means, but he says that it means winter and also that it translates to as you wish in Yemenite Hebrew. The meaning of the song, he says, is expressing how Siberians go through the same emotions that he does. They're people like us, just geographically distant. We may be from different places, but we're all basically the same. Oh! So really... Yes, right? So all of a sudden it comes in, it comes into focus and it makes sense. But without that, I don't know what the hell he's talking about.
1: Oh, so it was a like we're all the same. Uh, let's not f- uh, have this n- international uh, Cold War type of bitterness kind of thing going on. Because, of course, that was during the uh, Cold War that that song was written. And uh, very interesting. That's so correct. so basically that was the musical equivalent of the fight at the end of Rocky Four. Got it, Mr. Anderson. Got it. <laughs>
0: Yes, we finally get it. So thank goodness somebody asked him, what the hell does this song mean? Because after all these years listening to it, singing along, and reading the lyrics, it made no sense. But all of a sudden, it becomes this beautiful work of art that has this very, very obviously beautiful meaning. And now I actually get it. Though I will say, there's plenty more batshit crazy lyrics provided by Yes. So I can't say that they won't come around again, but Siberian Catrue seemed like it was the pinnacle of strength.
1: Absolutely. You have to love yes lyrics. They're so batshit. It's just like you listen to them and you're like, okay, this proves that lyrics don't have to make sense. And sometimes it would be better. There are some lyrics that are so inane. It would be better if they were either in a foreign language or complete gibberish. I wrote a satire. I never recorded it. But I did write a satire of progressive rock called Comfortably Progressive uh, years ago. <laughs> and I, uh, there are my, honestly, can you tell if this is me or John Anderson? I can't. The intersect of light springs from the nexus of the heart. Doesn't that sound like something he would say?
0: Absolutely. I'm worried you plagiarized that, David. I'm no, a little worried because it swear. is exactly Anderson.
1: You know, maybe I, I heard it in my sleep and I wrote it and, and I'm actually taking from him and I didn't know it. The narrator of the song, Comfortably Progressive, is saying, yeah, we, we put out these gibberish lyrics. You think they're fraught with meaning and we're just having fun and making money. You know, But uh, there's another line. Rain dance seedlings poach the sky. I mean, that sounds like something John Anderson would say. Oh. And then abstract... Right tab- now,
0: wherever he is, he he's thinking, I wish I wrote that shit. That's what uh, he's thinking.
1: Yeah, right? I mean, he's going to plagiarize me, probably.
0: <laughs> he is.
1: Rain dance seedlings poach the sky, abstract tadpoles vaporize. That's just the kind of stuff... Uh, kinetic heroes bring your crystal karma to an end. I mean, that really is yes to the <laughs> core. You know, I mean, I, honestly, I'm kind of proud of myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you should be. You have captured the essence of yes
1: kinetic, right there. Kinetic heroes bring your crystal karma to an end. I think that was, not actually, at all. I think that was actually the original unreleased version of Close to the Edge.
0: <laughs> I think you're right. I think that's kind of like a bootleg. I'm not sure. I remember yeah, that. An un-
1: outtake. I mean... It, when you need your crystal karma to come to an end, kinetic heroes are the ones ones to do it. Obviously, you know. And who else? Poach, I mean, who else would poach the sky besides Raindance Seedlings? I mean, it's just this is just common sense stuff.
0: It is. It's stuff that you know. It's everyday stuff. I just think that people don't put it into words as often as they should. But you have, so we don't have to worry about it. So thank you.
1: Thank you. I knew I was performing a service for humanity. I, I should record that one day to bring it to like a couple of dozen more people. <laughs>
0: Well, you must. And then you know what? I will say then if you do that, then maybe Bruce, who has worked with John Anderson and still has contact with him, might just shoot it on over to him and uh, we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, it's true. That's true. Anderson Anderson soup. I mean, we could have a, you know, that's right. There you go. (laughs)
0: Love it.
1: Hey, you see, this is networking, folks. This is indie music networking right here, okay? Uh, uh, playing out in front of your very eyes. So, okay, totally unscripted. We had no idea. She didn't know I was going to say that. So, anyway, let's move on to... What are we moving on to?
0: We are moving on to song number six.
1: Oh, yes, Joel Hellman. A great act that Christina came across. And this one is, oddly enough, an instrumental. Yes, an instrumental about Love Gone Wrong. Well, it captures that... Attitude and that uh, emotion quite well, I think. And this is an artist from Los Angeles, California. Got to go with Birds of a Local Feather again, although not exclusively. And uh, you can find him on Spotify at Joel Hellman with two L's. And Bruce Baldwin of Ascent, who will always be referenced on this show frequently. Made suggestions of instrumentals of the past that have a particular theme or a particular attitude or inspiration behind them. Like Rush's uh, <laughs> instrumental, and I hope we're getting YYZ, I believe it is, uh, which, he c- which he cited in the interview uh, as basically the trigger for his getting into music. He saw Neil Pert's drum solo on a live recording, or heard uh, Neil Peart's drum solo on a live recording of the song, and that was what got him to start playing drums and get into music, and that's the reason we have Ascent today, so hooray for YYZ, Rush, and Neil Pert. Another one he suggested, I didn't know, Gathering Storm by Godspeed, You Black Emperor. That's an epic name if I ever heard one right there. That he says sounds like a storm building to a crescendo, and Christina backs him up on this. And of course... One of the best-selling albums and most chart-topping albums of all time from Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon, On the Run, which is uh, definitely an instrumental with uh, noise and vocal effects, but definitely it doesn't have any lyrics or anything. And that is a metaphor for rushing through your life, as is a lot of the Dark Side of the Moon album. And indeed, Pink Floyd's entire career seems to have been begun to make the average person who works nine to five and goes home to a house that looks like everybody else's feel miserable and discontented and wallow in existential misery and hopelessness and derive pleasure and joy only from the music of their favorite rock artists. Thank you so much for that, Pink Floyd, and all you wretched bastard rock stars who want to make us hate our lives. I'm not taking the bait, thank you very much. I will happily uh, live in a little pink house on a Pleasant Valley Sunday, and I'll still be different and enjoy my life to the fullest, regardless of the fact that everybody else is doing the same thing, because I'm me, and you're you, and never let these rock assholes brainwash you into thinking that you should have more, because be thankful with what you have oh lord did i just go off on a pulpit pounding sermonette pardon me let's move on to the next song which is joel hellman's save our souls <laughs> what the fuck
0: was that i rather enjoyed that <laughs> oh god
1: <laughs> see this is what you uh, this is what you signed on for and it's like yeah yeah there's always there's you could always tear up the contract but this is what you uh, you knew what you were getting into <clears throat> let me come back hey to it's that. exactly
0: what i wanted yeah.
1: See, now, you see that little uh, that little Spurgy intro there? That's, that's what Christina signed up for. She, she knew what she was getting into, so don't feel sorry for her. <laughs> don't pity her. She knew this was what she was going to experience doing a show with me, and she asked for it anyway. So she made her bed, now she has to lie in it. Or she made her nest, now she has to lie in it, okay? So t- why don't you rest... Why don't you rest the mic away from me And redeem the show by introducing the next song Number 5 on our countdown
0: Alright, the next song is by A band called Electric Mother And I kind of liked it But of course I want to add Fucker at the end Which is of course just like I would So every time I read it and think about it I just want to add that But that is not their name What what
1: What would Sam Jackson do?
0: He would say motherfucker.
1: Yeah,
0: that's (laughs) That's what Sam Jackson would do. And he would probably have a rail with cheese. I'm just saying. I mean, if you're asking me, that's really what he would do. So I did channel him. But in this case, I'm going to say their correct name. So Electric Mother with a song called Treacherous. Now... I love this band uh, from Scotland, from Orkney, Scotland, actually. So again, we are international as well. We do like to have the local birds, but we also have international birds. This is an accessible, hard, but tangible, melodic, male vocal, hard rock delight. I loved this. It's got a lot of classic elements. It has heavy blues. And I just cannot wait for you to listen to this treasure out of Scotland. They describe themselves as low-tuned, groove-laden, and powerhouse rock. And I will tell you, that exactly fits this band. You can find them at electricmother1.bandcamp.com. And here we go with Treacherous.
1: So history yeah, strikes back. Fun. Did we introduce that yet, or was I in space?
0: No, no, we we're both in space. No, not yet.
1: Okay, carry on, carry on, carry on. As well, if nothing if, really matters.
0: <laughs> as if nothing really matters. Well, actually, this is uh, this is you, my friend. So you oh, are, yeah, okay. uh, unless you want me to just say. I mean, I can say this yeah, is history. Say, yeah, Shri- yeah, yeah I can do that. that. Do that. Okay. Yeah. And now for our next feature, history strikes back.
1: Yes, and as last time, I programmed the years 1955 to 2000 into the random number generator, and it came up with 1971. Now, last time was 1965, but this is a year, 1971, with which I'm a little more acquainted. I was 10 years old at the time, and, well, I guess we were kind of still waiting on Christina, weren't we? Okay, but uh, (laughs) uh, you'll get there.
0: Yes, I wasn't here yet.
1: (laughs) You'll, You'll get there, you'll get there. And in 1971, the voting age in the United States was lowered to 18 years old when the 26th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution was ratified. Okay, and that was a big-ass mistake, but okay, let's move on. Everything wasn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> Everything wasn't. Kids, let's let kids impact. Oh, yeah, let's not, okay? That doesn't matter because they never actually vote anyway. So The yeah. good
0: news, this is not a political show, so that's what's good about this. <laughs>
1: right, I'm just saying that young people shouldn't necessarily uh, be trusted with such decisions, but I'm a grumpy old coot, so don't pay attention to me. Okay, now, 1971, the cost of living is an interesting thing to look at, and please, let's not go with why doesn't it cost that today? Well, it can't. Let's be realistic. But the average cost of a new house was twenty five thousand dollars. Gas cost forty cents a gallon. A Datsun sports coupe cost eighteen hundred (laughs) bucks. What? Uh, Postage stamps were eight cents, right? Movie tickets were a buck. Eight cents? Yeah, eight cents for a stamp. Aren't
0: aren't they like? Aren't they seventy five dollars right now or Uh, something?
1: Give or take. Yeah, I think that's the forever one. Yeah. God. Movie tickets were a buck fifty. A gallon of petrol, a gallon of gasoline was $0.33, etc., etc. Cetera, et cetera. I mean, this is just. Uh, favorite toys were like Etch a Sketch and Rock 'em Sock 'em Robots, so that was real dear to me at the time, uh, being a kid. I love that. Okay, and popular films Diamonds Are Forever, that's a James Bond film. Uh, uh, the French Connection, A Clockwork Orange, and a personal favorite of mine all time. I've seen it live twice. I have both soundtracks Fiddler on the Roof. Dirty Harry and Shaft, so things were getting kind of tough in the 70s in the cinema. Popular TV programs, the Mary Tyler Moore Show. Yes, baby, yes. Yes. The Odd Couple, the Partridge Family. Rock on. Some classic radio hits were Three Dog Night Joy to the World, Rod Stewart's Maggie Mae, Carol King's It's Too Late, The Osmonds One Bad Apple, The Bee Gees How Can You Mend a Broken Heart, John Denver Take Me Home Country Roads, Dawn Knock Three Times. And this is what I'm always saying. Even the middle of the road radio stuff was epic back then, never mind the album stuff that was even more incredible. But uh, today, well, (laughs) I don't want to depress you, so we won't dwell on that like we did last time. Popular albums, Cat Stevens, Teaser and the Fire Cat, Elton John, Madman Across the Water, Janis Joplin Pearl, oh. The Yes Album, yeah, Carole King Tapestry, oh te- T-Rex Electric Warrior, Jethro Tull Aqualung, Black Sabbath Master of Reality, Led Zeppelin 4, Hunky Dory, David Bowie, uh, The Doors LA Woman, a second one from Yes in One Year, Fragile. Uh, the Who, Who's Next, and From the Rolling Stones, Sticky Fingers Now, and they had a hit with Brown Sugar And I, this is hilarious to me Because apparently if you employ garbled vocals You can get away with murder With your lyrics Here was a Top 40 radio hit Where you can actually hear lines about, among other things Slavery, with no negative connotations Attached, and this charming couplet Brown Sugar, How Come You Taste So Good Brown Sugar, Just Like A Black Girl Should Okay then
0: Okay (laughs) then
1: And honestly, most of my life I didn't know that Because of the sketchy Because of Mick Jagger's famous sketchy enunciation It sounds like How come you dance so good Which is no doubt what they intended for it to sound like Uh, And it it went up the charts Even while it went down Well, never mind But um, ten years (laughs) Ten years later (laughs) Heyo Heyo Ten years later, the Stones would get a pass once again. Their top 40 hits start me up. You make a grown man cry, and as it fades out, you can clearly hear him saying, you make a dead man come. So, the bulletproof Rolling Stones are still out there on the concert circuit. Be sure to get them, because in 5 or 10 or 15 years, they're probably going to stop eventually. But it was an epic year for entertainment, as we know. And uh, so, I was there kind of, 10 years old, digging the whole uh, 70s scene, and maybe one of these days we'll get to a year you were actually alive. (laughs)
0: well i think we will eventually get there and uh i'm not gonna say what year i was born because a lady never tells but uh you know we'll get there we'll get there i'm not gonna we're not gonna talk about it but we'll get there all right nice you know what it Brings up something interesting, and I know this is completely and totally strange, but one of the things is the movie Grease. Okay, so it came out in 1978. But one of the things that is very interesting about that particular movie is the song Greased Lightning. So we're talking about these words, right? Mm -hmm. So I remember I think I was singing all of these lyrics when I was really young. So. I didn't think much about it, but so one of the, one of the lyrics, uh, well, some of the lyrics are with a four speed on the floor. They'll be waiting at the door. You know it ain't no shit. We'll be getting it, lots of tit. tit.
1: I'm so glad you brought this up. And yeah, and there's an even worse line. Now we're already we oh, yes. already have a song, and this song is done in school plays. Okay, and That's the, correct. children are all right. They modify the lyrics, but if they go to listen to the original, it's like okay, here's a cool car. You'll get lots of tit. And tell us the next part. I know you're getting to it, and I was gonna. Mention it myself. Go right ahead to the, the even better part.
0: You are supreme. The chicks will cream for Greased Lightning,
1: <laughs> right? And uh,
0: fantastic.
1: Oh, uh, what about the the other one? I forgot about that one. Yeah, uh, we've already oh, had. Okay, forgot the, about the, that. The chicks are creaming. You get lots of tit, but there's even there's even there's another one. Do you, oh is yeah, it coming to mind. You know you, you know that you I know ain't I dragon.
0: She's a real. Pussy wagon. There you go. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea That's what I was singing all those years I wasn't, I don't even know what, what version of this song I was singing, but it just Kind of came flooding back to me With what you can get away with I mean, I could not believe that that was In this, what is now considered like a G-rated Movie, right? Oh, everyone watches Grease, but those are the actual Lyrics, so I'm glad you were going to bring It up, I know it's completely, we didn't Talk about it, but it's so funny that it both of our minds.
1: So with that delightfully highbrow aside, aside, let's go on to the next song.
0: (laughs) Yes. Song number four is by a band called Reason Define. And the song is called Pointing Fingers. Now, I will tell you, I was absolutely floored by this band. They are driving. They are tight. They're rhythmic. Their harmonies are absolutely on point. They're melodic. They're edgy. The hook is absolutely deadly. And her voice is clear and resonant. I absolutely love this band. They're all female hard rock metal band, which, of course, I love, from Charlotte, North Carolina. This band can be found at reasondefine.com. And here we go with a super hard rocking, really amazing song called Pointing Fingers. we go, it's about to get real. Gonna get real up in here. So now we are to the feature you've all been waiting for. This is our Hell Yes or Oh Hell No. And this week, we have focused on Alice in Chains. So Alice in Chains is obviously the way that I describe it. Unique with identifiable and beautiful harmonies. It's thick, it's grungy, it's classic. Has lots of classic influences. Uh, the melodies are catchy, they evoke so much emotion, which are obviously propelled by Lane Staley's vocals, the late Lane Staley. So, I am a huge hell yes on Alice in Chains, as are all of the listeners who took the time to weigh in. What say you, David? Yeah, I noticed
1: that. You know, it's a good thing it's not like a war, an actual war between Alice in Chains people and non-Alice in Chains people, because we would be soundly crushed, I think. Uh, <laughs> where there was no dissent, <laughs> no dissent in that at all. Now I don't want to undermine my co-host's credibility. I would never do anything like that. But Christina no. likes Allison Chains, but she doesn't like the Who. Okay, kids these days, I swear. You know, uh, I mean, you know, I, me, I say live and let live, but just stay off my lawn, okay? Uh, that's that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, I tried several times. In the spirit of fairness. I thought, okay, I'm just a grumpy bastard, and I'm in a bad mood. So I, I tried numerous times during the last two weeks. To listen, to Alice in Chains, and the vocals killed it for me every time. Now, uh, the the music to me, I don't like the sound. of it, it is thick, like you said. It's too thick. It's like molasses. It's too sludgy for me. I don't care if it'll start off with a nice riff. Oh, that's promising, and then it just goes to shit. But um, the vocals were ultimately what killed it. Lane Staley, I'm sorry, he killed it for me. Intolerable vocals will ruin any music. Examples: Pearl Jam, Stone Temple Pilots. Oh my lord in heaven. Uh, even if the music oh. is enthralling itself, which I don't particularly find Alice in Chains to be. Uh, as much as I love lyrics, good music can carry crap lyrics. Uh, as, mu- as much as I love lyrics, good music can carry crapola lyrics. Like, my favorite example is always ACDC, You Shook Me All Night Long. I mean, really, what, what, mm. eighth, what eighth grader Hi. wrote this drivel? honestly? But... <laughs> because the vocal is good and and the music is good the embarrassing lyrics you just kind of roll your eyes I heard when Melissa Melissa Etheridge covered this was playing this on stage she was rolling her eyes at the idiotic lyrics you know about American Thighs and all this stuff but um uh, you know, they're famous for knucklehead lyrics like big balls and giving the dog a bone and stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, guys, really. Referring to a woman who's giving you oral gratification as a dog, that's pretty ungentlemanly, don't you think? But um, I i tried with Alice in Chains. I really did. I did get a good story out of them once. I went to see a Metallica tribute called uh, Damage Incorporated. who was phenomenal. And little did I know on the bill was a group called Memory Lane, with a Y, of course... And I thought they were absolutely horrendous, but, uh, I gotta say, uh, if you like Alice in Chains, you're gonna love them, because they sound just like them. As Abraham Lincoln once said, those who like that sort of thing will find that the sort of thing they like. Uh, so, not for me, although I realize I'm alone in this. However, uh... Last time we were talking about the White Stripes, and I mentioned something that I was joking at the time, and it actually happened. Uh, Well, when we were coming back from, uh, on the way back from one of our uh, outings, I think it was the Hollywood one we saw, Britney's Rage, I listened to the whole first White Stripes album. And it's very, very raw. It's just the two of them. And uh, honestly, I loved it. Uh, So if you indie artists out there, if you think you're not polished enough, you know, listen to the first White Stripes album, and you're going to feel better. You know, put your stuff out there. Don't worry about it, because, you know, <laughs> it'll never be as raw as this. You're fine. I, however, about what I was saying about Meg White, um, I listened to this first album, and I couldn't hear, because I have such a bad ear, that uh, such a tin ear, that musicianship has to be at my level of awful for me to notice, and I didn't see... Any particular deficiency in Meg White's drumming, but again, nobody's ever come close to m- me, uh, my level where I can actually spot it. So, it has to be glaring. Now, interestingly, I was joking about somebody putting out a doctoral dissertation about her being one of the greatest drummers of all time. I found out afterwards she was Rolling Stone magazine's number ninety-four on the list of top drummers of all t- one hundred drummers of all time. So there you go, Meg vindicated. <laughs>
0: Oh, not in my eyes. Yeah, I'm Never. telling you,
1: and a lot of, and you are not alone either. Uh, you are not alone in that. So uh, apparently, but uh, Alice in Chains. Well, sorry, I couldn't. I tried, I tried, I tried. I'm not just a grumpy old man. And I realized we were talking about Sam Smith too last time, and I, I, I understand that I was. Hard on Sam Smith. Uh, yeah, Everybody say it together. Oh, oh, oh. You said, said hard, hard on. on. Yeah, you <laughs> said hard on. But I gave him a fair listen, too, because up until then, the only thing I'd heard by Mr. Smith was the uh, the theme from the James Bond film Spectre, which is a song called the Writings on the Wall. And uh, now I, so I did. I gave a, I gave him a fair shot, listened to a bunch of his songs. They're not nightmarish on the same level as that song, but there are none of them I would voluntarily listen to, apart from receiving a considerable gratuity to do so. And, and I have nothing against falsetto. Mick Jagger, Prince, Barry Gibb, uh, they're all great when it comes to that. I can listen to falso any, any, falsetto any time, but... Sam Smith, uh, not quite, dude. Uh, nor Alice in Chains. Uh, not, definitely not. On a desert island, if I had a choice between them or nothing, I would pick nothing because I'd be afraid that they would drive the memory of the Beatles and all these indie bands and Led Zeppelin and them out of my head. So I would choose Dead Silence over Alice in Chains or Sam Smith. So yes... Get off my lawn, I know. Uh, go go, sit on your rocking chair and, uh, you know, whittle or do whatever it is you old people do and just shut up and get off the radio. I can't help it. Speaking of Bond themes, though, uh, the latest one uh, just came out in the last week. Uh, I understand Eon Productions' uh, interest in getting the kids to uh, pay attention to an almost 60-year-old film franchise, uh, but the la- they did have a good one. They had Skyfall with Adele. That was great. But uh, then they had Sam Smith, and now we've got... Billy freaking Eilish, okay. Uh, this is not This is not singing by any stretch of the imagination, and nothing I could find by her involved any actual singing. But uh, lyrically, it's pretty strong, especially if you know the story. Uh, but uh, so it's got something going there. It has a real Bondish kind of theme to. It. I just think sometimes you got to let somebody else sing your tune, and I think that would have been the case here. Except for you wouldn't get the kids tuning in, so. Billy Eilish, uh, another sad indication of where music is headed in the mainstream. But uh, anyway, so that was grumpy old man rattling his walker angrily and railing at these kids and so forth. So uh, pay no attention to me and just pull my microphone plug out, please.
0: <laughs> well, I did allow you to prattle on there, but I must go back and say I'm fine with people having differences of opinion. But then there's just right and wrong, and clearly the public has spoken, and clearly your brilliant co-host has spoken. And Allison Chains is is timeless. They're quintessential. They're part of what made the '90s grunge scene really vibrant, and the lyrics are are heartbreaking and telling. And Lane Staley's delivery is emotional. And and vulnerable it's all of the things that you like about chris cornell and you like about nirvana so there's something slightly off when you hear uh alice in chains and of course i will forgive you and still go on loving you as my co-host and friend however i'm not sure that you are completely right in your mind as far as alice in chains goes but that's okay it's your right to your opinion you don't have to listen to the you don't have to listen to them ever again however i want to say that I appreciate the fact that you went back and tried again and you went back with poor old Sam Smith and his little wailing and found out that it's not quite what you thought and while Billie Eilish has a lovely voice I will say that it's a it's a sad state of affairs at this point but she is probably one of the the brightest lights in it because she actually has a beautiful voice so we'll see if she gets done with the as you call it kid music and moves on to more adult music as she ages but she is certainly a very 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 young fledgling
1: yeah, and, and about kid music. Honestly, like I said, live and let live, but stay off my lawn. Kid music serves a purpose. It's, it's <laughs> like it's like sports, and you could probably agree with me on this one. It's like sports. It's one of those things I have zero interest in, but I'm glad it's there. It keeps people off the street. It creates, uh, you know, gainful employment for a bunch of folks, and you know, it's it's okay. It's a, a fairly harmless, uh, clean, good, clean, fun pastime. Even if I want nothing to do with it, like sports. So kid music and sports, as far as I'm concerned, they're the same thing.
0: Well, on that positive, uplifting, and uh, very, um, you know, not not at all dividing note.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I tried. I really tried. (laughs) I really tried to to bring some unity and healing here. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you did with Sam Smith for sure. I think Sam fills whole again. I'm not really sure how anybody who cares at all about Alison Chains fills or Billie Eilish, but that's okay. That's for another show. <laughs> I think we're going to song number 3 with one of our favorites that you introduced me to that we talked about earlier tonight.
1: Uh we are, huh? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, or not yes indeed uh let me just uh scan ahead here oh yes indeed uh oh and oh. up <coughs> why yes we are of course <laughs> of course we are we are oh yeah that's, that's right it's time for song let me check her song three that's britney's rage again los angeles California and El Paso, Texas, come together to create some truly wonderful music, and I just love this group. I love everything they do, and we just saw them do a great set at the Whiskey Gogo, including this song. And so you can find them at well, you can find them on Facebook. Britney's Rage. There's only one on Facebook. On Reverb Nation, it's a little bit of a stretch. You have to go to. Britney's Rage ELPTX. That's as in El Paso, Texas. Britney's Rage ELPTX. All mashed together, one word. But once you get past Britney's Rage in the search on Reverb Nation, you're gonna find them. So, because ain't nobody else that's got that name. And you can get their EP, Set Me Free Which does not contain the fantastic song Set Me Free, but you can hear it on Reverb On iTunes, and their new single Fall, great stuff all around From Britney's Rage, an absolutely sensational band I'm glad they're local enough where we can see them And you can catch them at the Rainbow At least once a month So check them out and follow them, this is Britney's Rage With the uh, questioning The love song, Love Gone Wrong uh, And the title really says it all Is there a you and me
2: Did you you got me to the night Took no pain in my shooting star Promise me the world
1: Thank you, Britney's Rage. Great song. Now, number two on our list is a band that was featured on the very first Birds of a Feather, Little Galaxies. I'm so glad Christina introduced me to this terrific group out of uh, out of Venice Beach, California. Uh, Described as a female-fronted psychedelic indie rock group, and I love that. And you can find them at littlegalaxiesband.com. And this is a great one from them called 15...
0: Brings us to song number one in our top 10. Her name is Charlie Ray. She's from San Diego, California, and describes her sound as American rock music, singer, songwriter, and electric soul rock country. And it is all of those things. And interestingly, she was born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona. And I actually am from Phoenix, Arizona. So it's very interesting. I'm like, she's a part of my hometown. She's been writing and singing since she was seven years old. Her music is described as lustful, tasteful. In intensely created from raw energies and carefully crafted passion, I'm telling you that absolutely describes her music. Um, she has no upcoming shows at this time, but go ahead and sign up for her email list and watch the videos on her website. When I was listening to her music, I was thinking, "This is this artist has such a soulful, rich, powerful, and emotional voice." that it mystifies when she sustains the lower notes and then takes us to unimaginable heights when she goes to the higher notes. It is absolutely beautiful. When her voice breaks, your heart also breaks. It is that emotional. The organ and the choir coupled with her vocals are gospel perfection. All of this and more is why she's our number one song of the week. No One Else by Charlie Ray. That was Charlie Ray at number one with no one else.
1: Well, and I'm only just getting to know Charlie Ray's music, and I do love what I've heard so far. But you said lustful and tasteful, so I guess we're not going to be hearing songs about how good black girls taste or Dead Men Coming or anything like that.
0: You know, not that I'm aware of. I haven't got through the entire catalog. Could, could but be in there. It could <laughs> be in there somewhere, safely, yeah. I think I can safely say that's... It. I suppose it could, but I'm just thinking with with all of the gospel influence, we're probably steering away from that. But you know what? Anything is possible, so I guess we'll wait and see.
1: (laughs) Not likely, but we can't rule it out. I mean, uh, yeah, got it, got it.
0: (laughs) That's right. I can't rule it out. I mean, it is lustful, so it could happen. Could happen. <laughs> so now the moment you've been waiting for, our new theme. I want to thank you all for all of your submissions. They've been amazing. It's been really, really tough to narrow it down to a top 10. But David, don't you have something you wanted to share about the submissions uh, About the submissions we've been receiving?
1: Absolutely. And I don't want to sound like I'm some big radio veteran or everything, but I have been doing this for a couple of years. Well, I know you have it on your computer and you know who you are, but we don't because there is only one of you in your mind, but there are hundreds of you in ours, and uh, I hear from the old radio pros that some radio shows and labels will not even look at a file if it doesn't have the band name included in it. So before you send something to us, we prefer that you just modify the file name to include your name, so to make it easier to find you, because we're more likely to be looking for your name than the song title. So do include that as part of your file name when you send in a submission. Thank you very much for that because uh, it can be confusing.
0: And sometimes it might be impossible for us to find you by just the song title. So, thank you so much for that. And now for next week's theme, right? It's next week. It's not this week. see. what the hell? And now for next week's theme. It is night owls songs about the night songs about staying up all night all of those things those are my favorite times i love 3am i love 3am conversations i love staying up till the crack of dawn i love all of that so any songs about the night is what we are seeking for our next show
1: i love the night and i know you do too and it is just the time and i definitely have an indie artist song that I'm going to fight I'll arm wrestle you bitch I will or to get this song on the playlist next time because it's just that great <laughs> I, don't, I don't know for a fact I mean, you'll probably you'll probably beat me but at least I'm willing to go that far because this song I have a song already in mind that has to make the list or should in a, in a just and moral universe so we look forward to hearing your songs about the night loving the night living in the night doing whatever in the night as uh, long as night is involved uh, preferably in a positive way because we certainly are very favorably disposed towards that particular time of day uh, do send them in and we will uh, see who makes it to the top ten on next week's program on two weeks from now's program
0: yes so night owls it is and that takes us to the sad time in our show that occurs at the end of every show and that is parting is such sweet sorrow but as we will every single show we have homework last time it was Alice in Chains cool. hell yes or oh, oh hell no and as we found out no one agrees with David and it is oh hell yes but this band is slightly more polarizing isn't it David
1: yeah now we're going to now we're not going to have a bunch of kids in lockstep yes i love those <laughs>
0: Sorry, man. (laughs) Oh man, I'm sorry. I
1: was being provocative. I'm sorry. Now we're not gonna have. I mean, nobody. It's see, there are bands that nobody wants to speak ill of. Okay, you'll get some of the super high ones, like people say, "Oh, I think the Beatles overrated. I think Led Zeppelin's overrated." But you get an Alice in Chains, nobody's gonna want to say, "I think they suck," except for me. But this time, I know this is one of the most polarizing bands in rock history. Love them or hate them, I'm not going to say how I feel about them, but this is a band I picked up because I knew we'd get a range of responses and not the same old yes, 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 yes. We're definitely going to get some love and some hate for the next band for Hell Yes, Oh Hell No, namely KISS. And Kiss, of course, has been around since 1973. Still on tour right now on their farewell tour, and they've had about a zillion albums out, and uh, have been here for most of all of y'all's lives. So everybody must have an opinion on Kiss, and I know some of you love them, and I know some of you hate them, and I can't wait to hear to see how the split plays out.
0: Me too, because I'm not going to share how I feel about KISS, but we will find out in two weeks, and we'll find out what you think. You'll definitely see me soliciting hell yes or hell no for KISS, so we'll find out. Are you KISS Army, or are you KISS sucks? And there's really no in-between.
1: Right, yeah, there's very little in-between. I'm guessing... Somewhere, I'm going to guess, about 50-50 or maybe two-thirds against, but there will be KISS armies out there, and I know we, we want to hear from you, so anybody who will admit to liking KISS, be bold, speak out.
0: And if you hate them, also speak out. Oh, we're yeah, we're interested. If you're, and if you're middle of the road, we want to hear that, too. Ah, I could take or leave them. Share it with us. We want to know, and we will reveal what our thoughts are in two weeks. Right on. <laughs> so then, it takes us to our wrap up, where you say all your stuff, and then we—I <laughs> say
1: stuff. What do I say? Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. Well, that wraps up the show. I think we'll dispense with the pheasant trees and just say goodbye till next time. However, that will be March thirteenth, and you can tune in to us at FusionMusicRadio.net. Or Spotify or Spreaker or any number of places. We'll be updating the list constantly because we're getting onto more and more platforms. But you can pretty much hear us anywhere. And until March 13th, when we come back to find out how you feel about KISS and hear your submissions about. Night, Night Owl, songs about the night. We look forward to the next program and thank you for joining us. And in the meantime, you can listen to in details the Tilly Riddle Show, The Hill Ranch Show, Butterflies and Hurricanes, and Surge Master Sessions, and who knows what else on Fusion Music Radio. Uh okay.
0: All right, David. It's time for us to get the flock out of here. <laughs> oh.
2: This has been Birds of a Feather on Fusion Music Radio.